off this morning by just, just giving you a scripture. I love this passage in the book of James. And, and here's what it says. Every good and perfect gift is from where? It's from God. It's from above. Coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Just as the sun changes and the shadows change, aren't you glad today that God doesn't change? That someone that you can stand upon, he's a rock that, that will never quake, never crack, and he wants to give us good gifts. Now, I don't know about you, I, I, I like it in gifts. I do. I admit, I like getting gifts. I like getting surprises. And I loved Christmas when I was a kid. I mean, I just, I was into the whole thing and, you know, just staying up all night waiting for Santa Claus to come. I mean, I was into it. I was in, in into Christmas. I would never sleep and be up all the night. And my sisters and I would be playing games. Like, remember the game of life? You have to spin that thing. Where, right? And we'd be upstairs and it'd be like three o'clock in the morning. And you hear this because we couldn't sleep. My dad would be like, go to bed. No, he wasn't that mean. You're not getting nothing if you don't go to bed, right? Because we were so excited. But I remember there was this one Christmas. All I wanted was a pair of downhill skis. That's all I wanted. I, I was just, I think I was in eighth grade. I didn't want anything else. I just wanted, I, I, I went downhill skiing once, fell in love with it. I just wanted downhill skis. Now, this is before the, the movie um, A Christmas Story came out. It almost plays out the same way with, you know, Ralphie wanting the Red Rider be gone. Same thing. I wanted these downhill skis. So we opened up all our gifts and I didn't get any. And so I was like, oh man, you know, the, the Christmas was nice and it was, it was all right. And, um, but I was disappointed. So my dad goes, Hey, Bart, I need you to get something out of the trunk of the car. I forgot something out of the trunk of the car. And I'm like, no, I'm not getting far. I'm mad. No, I'm just teasing. So I went in the back, opened up, guess what was in the trunk of the car? No. No, I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing you. No, it was. It was, it was downhill skis, the boots. But I went crazy. It was just, I went, oh, my God. You know, I go, Dad, you're so, you know, my mom and dad go, you guys are so mean. You played this whole thing out. And showed how selfish I was and what a bad son I was. But I was so excited about that gift. And what was greater is, you know, when you give the gift, isn't it great? The, don't you like giving gifts, too? And you like to see the response. On people's faces. I want you to know that God is a gift giver. God loves to give. God gave us the greatest gift in his, in his son, Jesus. For God so loved the world, he did what? He gave. He gave his son. And what this passage says that James tells us is God is a gift giver and he desires to give us gifts. And what we're talking about over the last month, we're talking about the, the person of the Holy Spirit. If you missed Last week, make sure you listen to the message online. Um, Russell Eisen did a great job uh, with the fruit of the Spirit. So make sure you listen to that. And we've been going through the characteristics of the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit does in our lives. And what I want to look at today is the gifts of the Holy Spirit. See, we understand something through the Word of God that when we come to Christ, God fills us with his Holy Spirit. But it just doesn't stop there. There are things through the Holy Spirit that God desires to give to us. And one of those things, not only do we see the evidence of the Holy Spirit through the fruit of the Holy Spirit, through love, joy, peace, patience, long-suffering, but we also see gifts that God desires to give to us. And I'm, I'm speaking differently from natural gifts that you get, but actually supernatural gifts that God desires to give to us to build up the body of Christ. 
So our job is to say, okay, God, if you fill me with the Holy Spirit, you desire to give me good gifts, then, then I, I want to be a person that participates in these gifts and allow your gifts to flow through my life. And I, I, I'm hoping that for many of you, over the last month, you've gotten a greater understanding of the person of the Holy Spirit. For some of you, maybe you grew up in a church and you're like, man, we never really taught a lot about the Holy Spirit. Or maybe you grew up in a church that it was very emotional and, and, and crazy and, and that's what you thought about the Holy Spirit. And you're like, yeah, I just don't know if I want anything to do with that. Here at Living Word, we want to give, a, give you a biblical balanced view of the purpose and the working of the Holy Spirit in your life. And I believe that the Holy Spirit is living and active today. And I believe that the Holy Spirit, through the word of God that we see, wants to work actively through the body of Christ, through individuals. So let me just give you a couple things right off the bat about what we believe at Living Word about the Holy Spirit, what the Bible teaches about the Holy Spirit. We believe that the Holy Spirit wants to have an active part in the lives of those who follow Jesus Christ. And we're going to look at that today. How How do I know the Holy Spirit's working through my life? How how can I hear the Holy Spirit? How can I receive these different gifts of the Holy Spirit so so that the body of Christ may be built up? We also believe that the Holy Spirit desires to give gifts to us individually to build up the body of Christ. This is what makes the book of Acts so interesting because we see the acts of the apostles working in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so if you read through the book of Acts, you're going to see God working miraculous things through just ordinary men, through the power of his Holy Spirit. And God did some pretty incredible things. And I believe that didn't stop with the apostles, that God still wants to actively work through the power of the Holy Spirit through us here today. Everybody say amen. That's exciting stuff. We also believe that God has not stopped doing these things. And so my hope is that over the past month, you're gaining a greater understanding of the person of the Holy Spirit. So today I want to look at at some at the gifts of the Holy Spirit and how uh, God desires to work through us today. And I know some of you are thinking, you're like, man, Pastor Brian, I hear stories about people of God working in their life. I don't know about you, but God's never woken me up in the middle of the night to pray for somebody. You know, God's never really given me a word or, or just do I, you know, that, that's just for super spiritual people. I, I want I want you to know that, um, that, that God desires to bless all of us with these gifts. Not, not just a select few, um, not just people who think they're super spiritual. I believe God wants to bless us all. And God is the one who gives the gifts. And, and what did we, what was the first passage we read this morning? God is a good God who desires to give good gifts to his children. He desires to do that for each and every one of you. So it's not for a select few. So let's, let's understand a few things before we dive in to the characteristics of the gifts of the Spirit. Let's, let's, let's look at and let's understand a few things about, about spiritual gifts. First of all, it's God's desire and will to give us spiritual gifts. I love what Jesus says here in Luke chapter 11. He says, you fathers, if your children ask for skis, give them cost country skis, right? 
Listen, if you're father, if you have to fish, you, you don't give them a snake instead, right? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So, you know, Jesus, of course not. He's, he, he's embellishing this, but he's saying, of, of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more, how much more would your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? It's about asking. It's about desiring God to give us these gifts. Paul speaking here to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 12, he says about concerning the gifts of the Holy Spirit, he says, all these are the work of the one and the same spirit. And he, listen, and he, God distributes them to each one just as he determines. God is the one that distributes the gifts to us as he determines by his will. So the, the, God is the giver. We are the receiver. We just need to be open to what God would have for us. Secondly, I want you to realize spiritual gifts are unique and different from natural talents. All of us are born with some God-given natural talents. Some of you are good singers, and some of you aren't. Okay? Some people think they're good singers, and they aren't. But that's Okay? It's okay to admit that you're not a good... We all want to be good singers, don't we? We, we all want to be on American Idol. We all want to think we have a good voice. That's why I love watching some of those shows because people get up there and they're like, the judges will say, who told you you had a good voice? I'm just here to tell you the truth, not to hurt your feelings, but you stink. Do something else. There's a lot of other things you can do, right? Some of you are artistic and some of you aren't. Some of you are mechanically inclined and I hate you. I'm jealous of you. I... I tell this to my family all the time. If we were to be on Little House in the Prairie and had to move out in our covered wagon to the prairie lands, we would die after a week because I couldn't build anything, fix anything. It would be disastrous, okay? But some of you just, you just mechanically, you got it. You know how to fix things. And you, I mean, I'm just telling you, a week on a mission trip, me leading a construction team, ha, ha, right? And it's brutal because they just make fun of me the whole time because I have no idea what I'm doing. But it's fun. I'm a good project manager. It's my gift. My gift is watching other people work. It's my gift. It's a good gift to have. Um, Some of you are good with numbers and some of you aren't. Right? Some of you are real good. Some of you are athletic and some of you aren't. I was able to, uh, Wayne, Wayne Central won the Section 5 basketball tournament yesterday. Go Wayne! And, uh, I was there. I've watched some of these kids grow up. They live in my neighborhood. I remember these kids when they're this tall and they're all six foot eight billion. And, uh, uh, it was fun to watch some of these kids that I've known since they were real little, uh, uh win the tournament yesterday for, for Section 5 for, uh, for their class. And it was just a great thing. Some of you are athletic and, and, and just, you know, some of us have absolutely no athletic ability whatsoever. And there are these God-given talents that we're giving. But when it comes to our spiritual gifts, when we are spiritually reborn, when we come to Christ and he redeems us and he changes us and he forgives us of our sins and we're filled with God's Holy Spirit, God desires to give us gifts. And these are not natural gifts. These are spiritual gifts that God desires to give to us. So let's jump. Let's, 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 let me just give you one scripture here that talk about this, that Paul talks about the spiritual gifts, specifically as he's writing to the Corinthian church. And this is what he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. He says, now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about special abilities the Spirit has given us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. 
You know that when you were still pagans, you were led led astray and swept along by worshiping speechless idols. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. And this is what he says, well, there's different kind of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit. He is the source of all of them. There are different kind of services, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in us all. And I love what he says here in verse 7. A spiritual gift is given to each one of us so that we can help each other. The purpose of God giving gifts is not so it ends with me, so I can say, yay, look at me, I'm gifted, right? Put a bumper sticker on the back of your car and say, I'm gifted by God. No. The purpose is for other people. The purpose is to serve God with a greater capacity that God may be glorified in his church. Listen, if you get that, you will jump out of your selfishness and stop realizing that church exists for me. See, the problem is, we tend to look at church in a consumer way. Consumerism. What's consumerism? It's how it benefits me. I'm the consumer, so I'm going to consume. And many times we look at church the same way. I am here to consume. What is the church going to do for me? How are their programs? How is their worship? How is, the, how is that? How is it going to benefit me? That's a problem. Because if I have a consumerism mentality when I step foot into the body of Christ, guess what? You will never be satisfied. Somebody say amen. Because after a while, you may say, this place is great. It's wonderful. And after a while, I say, yeah, it's not that great. It's not doing it for me anymore. That's a problem. See, in the reason that God gives gifts, if we think it's about us, guess what? We're going to get bored. We're going to say, there's got to be more. I've got to look for the next thing around the corner. And God says, no, 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 no. Spiritual gifts are given so that we can bless others. And if you have a service mentality about blessing others, your whole perspective will change. See, what we even think about membership, membership does not have its privileges. This is not American Express. In fact, when you become a member of our church, it's actually you're laying your rights down that you might serve others. And there's something about serving others that comes back to bless us. Somebody say amen. There's something about that when you give. That's why I love mission trips because when you go and you take a team and we all have the same vision, we know why we're there, we're there to serve. There's really not a lot of issues or problems. Why? Because we're all there with the same vision and mindset that we're there to serve, not to be served. Can you imagine if every single one of us grabbed that every week when we came to church, that I'm not here to be served, but I'm here to serve. What? It, totally different mindset on the way we look at our lives and the way we serve. So gifts are given to help each other. Thirdly, spiritual gifts are not an indication of spiritual maturity. Let me reiterate that. Just because God gives us gifts doesn't mean that that's a sign of spiritual maturity. We have to be careful here because we can become prideful with gifts. Gifts by no means are meant to say people are more spiritual than others, or these are, there are elite Christians than someone else. Gifts are given to build up the body of Christ, not to show up, not to show off, not to uh, just see how great I am, but it's actually to build up other people. In fact, we should be humbled that God desires to use us for his purpose. So let's jump in the gifts here, because there are two detailed lists. Now, this isn't exhaustive by any means, But here are two lists that we can see that Paul shows us about about 
about the specifics of the spiritual gifts. And, and, and two places we can find them are in Romans chapter 12 and 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And so I want to read for you, first of all, the spiritual gifts that are found in Romans chapter 12 that, that, that Paul writes to the Romans, and he says, here, here, here are the gifts. He says, we have, and by no means are these exhausted, but, but he, he lays out some for us here. And he says, in, in Romans 12, he says, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. It's by God's grace that he gives them to us. It's, it's not merited to us. It's not because you're better than someone else. This is by God's grace that he gives us his gifts. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesying according with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So our, our gifts are given to us by God's grace, not married to me, not that someone's more special than someone else, and we're to be good stewards with these gifts. So here's the love, prophesying, serving, teaching, encouraging, giving, leading, mercy. So, so let, let's dive into these real quick. I want to just run over these and, and, and see what exactly these, these are. So let me dive into the first one. And out of the list in Romans uh, chapter 12, um, probably prophesying is the one that's most misunderstood. And let, let me give some understanding to what what is prophesying what does that mean well let's understand the gift from an old testament understanding because in the old testament we understand that there are prophets right and they prophesied on, on behalf of god god gave them the word and he spoke them many times it was for correction because israel was led astray or they were serving other gods and so many times when you read the prophets isaiah or jeremiah or ezekiel it's a lot of correction but they're also those they would prophesy about the future talking about the coming Messiah and what God would do in the future. Um, and so they were inspired by God, directly by God, to speak these words, and we have it written for us in the word of God. The way you knew that a prophet was a false prophet was very simple. If their word did not come true, they could be killed. How many want to sign up for that gift? Woo, let me sign up for that gift. So if if it didn't come true, you could be killed. So it, it wasn't something... That you ran into lightly. God shows these to speak his word. And when they spoke God's word, they weren't very popular people. The false prophets were the popular one because they spoke what the people wanted to hear. So the Old Testament prophets was more than just foretelling, but forthtelling, bringing correction, exhortation. Fulfilled biblical prophecy authenticates Jesus as Messiah. They would speak about this Messiah that would come. And so prophecy is vital for. Um, substantiating the person of Jesus Christ. Very important in, in, the, in the Old Testament. But what about the New Testament? What about the New Testament prophecy? The gift of prophecy in the New Testament is to edify and to build up the church. That's the most important thing that it does. The gift of prophecy, it, it exhorts, it corrects, and it, and it comforts the body of Christ. So how does this happen? Well, it can come through the preaching of God's word. You can hear the preaching of God's word and it can correct you, it can exhort you, it can rebuke you. That's pro- it's God speaking his word directly to your heart in what you are going through. It can come through an individual. And it doesn't have to be something spooky or weird, um, but we do have guidelines to help us. And so when we hear a word or we hear someone say, I believe God's saying this to me or whatever, we, we have guidelines to help us. Does it line up with God's word? Does it point and does it honor Christ? Any word that someone shares from God should be scrutinized through the word of God. Somebody say amen. This, 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 this is our litmus test. This is the thing we screen any word that we hear from someone. So if someone's saying, hey, God told me, 
to go to South America and drink Kool-Aid. Right? We're going to say, ah, right? I don't, I don't think that's from the Lord, right? Those of you who know Jim Jones, that, that's not from the Lord. And he said, well, I heard from the Lord. Well, no, I, I, it doesn't line up with God's word. This is our authority. So it needs to line up with God's word. Be careful um, with anyone that would say, God told me or God told me to tell you. This is something that we should never be treated lightly. Um, this is something that we, we need to be very careful with. But let me say, let me, let me bring balance to this. Um, I can remember when I was younger, I was about 15, and it was even before I became a Christian, a true follower of Jesus Christ, and um, I would listen to this one man, he lived in my neighborhood, and he would share his testimony, he would go around, and uh, he, the outreach was to, uh, to businessmen, and they would have these meetings for men, and this man would share how he came to Christ, and he was a neighbor two doors down, he said, Barton, would you like to travel with me to hear my testimony and he it was great i said sure I, we would go to canada and niagara falls and jamestown one time i flew with him on a four-seater plane down to jamestown it was really cool just to hear him share his testimony i remember we were in watertown and i was probably 15 years old and there's this elderly gentleman that came up to me he was probably 75 80 years old and he goes can i pray for you so i i looked at mr mcdonald and i said he goes sure have him pray for us i go okay and meanwhile, I'm not a Christian at this time. I'm just listening to this person's testimony. I'm just along for the ride and the free food. So this is a good deal for me. And he actually let me drive his car too. Shh, don't tell anybody. But anyway, so um, this man came up to me and goes, I really feel like God's laid something on my heart for you. I said, okay. I'm thinking, this guy is weird. Right? I'm thinking, what's going on here? And Jeep goes, no, let him pray for you. And he goes, he prayed for me. He goes, I believe that God's just laid something on my heart that one day that you're going to be a pastor. I'm like, what? I'm like, I'm terrified to get up in front of people, you know? And I remember forgetting about that word that that man prayed over me with. And I remember years later, when God called me in the ministry, I remember that man praying over me and speaking that word to me and encouraging me to take that step. And I don't know if that was the seed that God placed in my heart at a young age, even before I came to know him. But what it told me is that God doesn't forget about us. That sometimes there's a word in due season that God will speak to other people, to your heart, to encourage you. If it lines up with God's word and it's encouraging to your spirit, then I believe that God can use those things today. Amen? I believe God can wake you up in the middle of the night and pray for people. I believe God can place people on your heart. And I believe that's all done through the special word of God in your own heart. So it doesn't have to be goofy or it doesn't have to be weird, but I, I believe God can use and gift us in that way to encourage the body of Christ. Amen. I know there are extremes and we need to be careful of those things, but I do believe that God can use it. And I believe that that is a word that God can give us through, through, um, through, through this wonderful, wonderful gift. And I believe there's sometimes that God just wells in your heart like, I just have a passion for this. and I've got to speak this word because, because this is wrong and I need to speak this word. And I, and I believe that's correction. That's the gift of prophecy where God just gives you some, uh, just some empowerment in your spirit just to say, this is wrong. And, and, and I feel like God's sharing this with me to share with someone else. And I, and I believe God can work that way in your heart if it's balanced and it's in line um, with the word of God. So let's look at these other ones. Um, most of these gifts that we're going to see in, in, um, in Romans, as we parallel them with 1 Corinthians, the gifts uh, that we see in Romans really are gifts of service. And then we're going to see in 
First Corinthians are manifestations. Prophecy is kind of a manifestation of, of the gift of God. God speaking something through you, um, showing you something. Uh, but most of these gifts that we're going to see here in Romans are really gifts of service. So let's go through them. The, the, the second one we see, there's a gift of serving. It also can be referred to as ministering. It's where we get our word deacon. Um, serving is to put others above myself. And, and some of you just, you, you, you get that gift. Some of you just, God is giving you that gift of serving. You're always there. You're helping people. You see the need. What can I do to help pastor? How can I help? How can I serve? How can I serve? I'm just like, you got the gift. I mean, serve. And so what Paul said, if you got that gift, then serve. There's a gift of teaching. This is seen in someone with the ability to clearly communicate and apply uh, the teaching of Scripture. Some of you, God has given you that gift of just being a clear and concise teacher. And you just have a hunger and you want to teach. And, and you like uh, handling the word of truth and the word of God. That's a gift that God gives us. Number four, the gift of encouragement. This embodies a, a person who builds up others in the faith. I love hanging around people who have the gift of encouragement. They just always have the right word at the right time, and they just maybe send you a note or a text or something just encouraging the Lord. God laid me on your heart. I just want to encourage you today. Don't give up. Keep, I, I love, don't you love those people, those encouraging people? I love the gift of encouragement. I like hanging out with people that have that gift. You can be my friend. If you have that gift, please be my, be, be my friend. And, and the second one, too, is you can be my friend if you have the gift of giving. No, I'm just teasing. So here's... The, the gift of giving is seen one who's generous with both time and, and finances. It's just, you just, you're a giver. You just love to give. That's a gift that God gives us. Um, there's a gift of leadership, which encompasses the individual who can preside and manage other people well by, by leading by example. The, the word there for leadership literally means to guide and carries the meaning of one who steers a ship. You, you, you've got that gift of steering the ship. You, you like to lead people and, and, it's a humbling thing for you, but God is just giving you the gift of, of leadership. The seventh one is the gift of mercy, seen in a person who has a God-given desire to help and comfort those in need and distress. You just, you have, you have, a, you have a soft heart. You, you just, when you see something that's wrong, something wells up in your heart and say, that's got to be made right. My, my, my wife, she's got this gift of mercy. If we see an animal laying on the side of the road, I'm like, oh, no, no, please don't let her see it. Please, we need to stop. Is it okay? Should we take care? I'm like, honey, you know, please, it's dead. It's, it's gone to pet heaven, okay? But she just has this gift of mercy. When she sees someone that's sad, it really touches her heart. She doesn't like to see things that are wrong. And some of you just have that gift of mercy when you see someone in distress and, and you want to help. The gift of mercy is seen in a compassionate heart that has a burden for those um, who are in need. And so what Paul is saying here with these, these gifts, a lot of these service gifts, is whatever your gift is, be a good steward with it, don't squander it, and do it with joy. So the question is, how do I know which gift I have? And, and, and let's be honest with these gifts. We all should be serving, shouldn't we? If we've been saved, if, if Christ has purchased us through his blood, we should have a servant's heart. Now, there's going to be other people that have more proclivity towards that, but we all should be serving, right? We all should be merciful. We all should be generous. Um, but some, it comes even though it's just your gift. And God uses you in that way uh, to do wonderful things for his kingdom. So I don't want to use this as a cop-out like, like, like we can use an excuse. Like, I don't have the gift of mercy so I can be mean. Yeah, yeah, that's not my gift to give. So it's someone else. It ain't my gift, right? We are. Let's not use it as a cop out not to serve or not to give. Um, 
not to be merciful to one another. That's not what Paul means here. Paul is saying, what is the burden of your heart? What is the thing that you are passionate about? When you are watching something on on TV and you see something that grabs your heart, it's like, man, something's got to be done about this. This isn't right. Or you see somebody that's in need and you're like, I've got to serve that. If that's you, God says, use the gift that I've given you to serve and do it with joy. Do it with joy. And I, it's one thing I love about mission trips because when we go on mission trips, you can see kind of everybody's gifts. Just like I'll have people come to me and say, Pastor, we probably could do this a different way. All of a sudden their leadership gifts come out, right? They, they want to be the project manager. Hey, we could do it this way. We could do it this way. Or someone that just says, hey, I saw a need over here, Pastor. What could we do to meet this need? You could just see everybody's heart and everybody's gifting starting to come out on different things that they feel a huge burden about. Here's the thing about your gifts. That's something that you're burdened about. But not everybody may be burdened with the same thing. See, it's a gift that God has given you. So if you're burdened about that thing, do something about it. Take hold of that gift and use it for God's glory and God's purposes to build up the church. Amen? That's what's a wonderful thing about the gifts. God, what do you want to do? What's burdening my heart? So with those gifts, those gifts are about helping others and, 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 and making a greater impact in the life of the church and in the body of Christ. What I want to do is I want to parallel Romans 12 with 1 Corinthians 12 because this is where we get real confused. Those gifts I can kind of grab onto and say, okay, I, I get it, Pastor. I, I get those gifts. Um, and a lot of you display those gifts in your life. But these manifestation gifts are a lot harder to understand. And this is where Paul, when he was writing to Corinthian church, had to bring correction to them on how to operate in these specific gifts that are more manifestation gifts, gifts that are spoken out. And I want to look at those in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 11. So let, let's read it, and then we'll try to make sense of it together. Does that sound good to everybody? Okay. For two of you. Okay. So here's what Paul says. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Okay, so he's saying the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good of the whole body of Christ. To one there is given the Spirit of the message of wisdom, to another the message of knowledge by the same means of the Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit. Notice how he's always bringing it back to the Holy Spirit. It's one Spirit, different gifts, manifested in different ways, but it's still the same spirit. Everybody get that? Capiche? Okay, good. Verse 10. Another miraculous powers, another another prophecy, we just talked about that, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kind of tongues or languages, still another the interpretation of tongues or languages. All these are the work of the one and same spirit, and he distributes each of them just as who determines? God determines. So it's by God's will that he blesses the church, how he determines to bless the church and to build up the body of Christ. So let's break these down. Let's break down. There's nine of them here, and let's break down what what these manifestations of the Spirit are. He said the first one is the gift of wisdom. And what this gift, wisdom and knowledge are very closely linked together, but let me explain what the gift of wisdom wisdom is. The gift of wisdom is the ability to rightly apply understanding to a situation. So there may be a situation... And, 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 and through the gift of the Holy Spirit, just gives you the right wisdom on how to handle that situation. The gift of knowledge, on the other hand, is the ability to understand something 
to bring greater insight to that situation. So God gives you knowledge that's beyond your understanding to give you greater insight to that uh, issue or that problem. Wisdom is the ability to apply what to do in that situation so you do it correctly. Even James tells us, listen, when you lack wisdom, what are we to pray for? Wisdom. The Holy Spirit can give you wisdom and insight into a situation and give you greater knowledge into an insight that you couldn't otherwise obtain through your own human understanding. Isn't that good? That, that's good. We need to pray for that and ask God to help us in those situations. Um, the gift of faith. I love this gift. The gift of faith is this unshakable confidence in God. I love being around these type of people too. They're just like, God is good. He will see us through. Let's believe God for a great miracle here. These are people of faith. I love being around people of faith. I, 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 I have to admit, sometimes I'm not real faithful. We were, when we were coming back from Panama, we only had like an hour and a half to make our connection. We had to go through immigrations, customs, and security with 33 people. You need a miracle right there, right? So we're waiting in line, and we don't think we're going to make it. And there's one person say, Pastor, we're going to do it. We're going to make it. Let's just believe. And he's in line in immigration just praying the whole time. We're going to make it, God. We're going to do it. God helps us to get through. And so we get off. We had 10 minutes to make our gate in Atlanta Airport. Our gate from where we got off was at the opposite end of the terminals. You couldn't get any further away. So we were flying through. They were just getting ready to shut the door, and all 33 of us got on the plane. Somebody say Amen. I almost had a heart attack doing that, but we made it, right? But it's just, you, you get around some people and they just have this tremendous faith to believe God and to encourage you to believe God for the impossible. That's a gift that God gives us. There's a gift of healing, and I believe this is given to the church to help restore people back to physical health. We know that not everyone is healed, but, but God can heal, and I believe he does. Now, let me give you a caution here. God gives these gifts as he wills. And I was always remain cautious of anyone who claims to be a healer or takes that title. This is God giving anyone this gift. It's him who gives these gifts to the church. God may give you that faith to believe for, for someone to be healed, and God may use it. But not to glorify myself, to glorify who? To glorify God. And that's why these gifts are given. So I believe that God can still heal, heal today. Um, number five, this miraculous powers, these miracles that can happen through uh, supernaturally, which can only be attributed to God. Now, some of these get, some of these later gifts get a little bit more muddy, and so let me try to explain to this. Well, what does it mean when He gives us the gift of uh, distinguishing between spirits? This is the ability to know what is from God and what is not. So sometimes God will give an individual this distinction, like, "Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's not from the Lord. That's from the enemy. Don't listen to that." That's a lie straight from the pit of hell. And so there's this ability to distinguish between what is of God and what is not of of God. And then there's the gift of of tongues. It's this God-given gift to speak in another language. Now, here's the thing. As you read through the New Testament, this may be a known language or an unknown language, a heavenly language. And this is what made the day of Pentecost so unique when God launched the church. And we read about that in Acts uh, chapter 2. There was 120 believers who were there, and they were all filled with the Spirit. And they began to speak in other languages that they did not know. And the people that were listening were going, what is going on up there? What is going on with these, with these 
120 people because they're speaking our language. Because what happened there, this was the Feast of Pentecost where all people from all around the region came to celebrate in Jerusalem the Feast of Pentecost, which is 50 days after Passover. And so God enabled these 120 believers as he launched the church out, as he filled the church with the Holy Spirit, to speak in a language that they did not know or understand. But the people that were there from these other countries said, wait, they're speaking in our language. And it was a miraculous sign of God blessing the church. And that's where you see Peter's wonderful sermon as he begins to preach to all, on, to all those onlookers and 3,000 people were added to the church that day. Pretty cool stuff, right? And so Paul even speaks of, of um, how God can bless us with even an unknown language. And this is the cool, this, this, this is the neat part. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, he says, I wish that you all spoke in tongues or, or, or maybe this heavenly language, this unknown language to the hearer. This is the only spiritual gift that encourages us that we can do in private. This is something that he wants to bless you, to encourage you. And, and, and I believe that, that God gives us these gifts not only to build up the body, but also to, to build up ourselves. And then he says in, in the ninth gift here, he talks about the gift of inter- interpretation of tongues. This is given by God to correctly translate what is being said. And this is a gift that God can give to those who are speaking this language to understand what's being spoken so that those that are listening can understand what is going on. These are all gifts that are given to build up the body of Christ. So let me, let me give you some steps here as we just kind of wrap it up. Let me say this. I believe that we need to be open to the spirit working in our lives and the life of the church. I think we should pray and be open to the leading of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I believe it's important for you to read through the book of Acts and understand what the Holy Spirit did through the lives of the disciples. Here's a wonderful book. If you want to dig deeper, because um, we just didn't have time to dig real deep into all these, uh, all these different gifts, if, if, uh, a great book on the subject is, is a book called Living Water by Chuck Smith. And you can get it on Amazon. It's a great balanced book on the gifts of the Spirit and how they operate in the church today. And I, I love that book. And uh, Pastor Chuck, some of you know him, passed away some, a couple years ago, but just a great writer. Maybe you've listened to him on the radio. But I love that book, Living Waters, by him. And he did a good job, very good job explaining um, the gifts of the Spirit. So if you want to dig deeper into that, I would definitely recommend you doing that. Lastly, I believe Paul through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, gives us the most insightful help in keeping balance and on track when it comes to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I believe this is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And some of you may have heard this read at a, a wedding that you may have attended. And what, what the Apostle Paul says here is that I think what happens for us, we can tend to chase the sensationalistic things. Oh, I want these gifts because it's really cool and they're great, and I believe they're important to build up the body of Christ. I want, I want God to wake me up in the middle of the night and speak to my heart. I mean, all those things are great, and God desires to do that. But we've got to check our motivation because I believe that the operation of the gifts should actually humble us as a church, should actually humble us as individuals that God desires to use us. And what Paul does here, this is beautiful. What Paul does is he squeezes this chapter of Corinthians in between 1 Corinthians 12 and 14. And what's interesting about 1 Corinthians 12 and 14 is we just read the gifts in 12, and 14 is kind of Paul's rebuke to the Corinthian church on how they're operating the gifts wrongly. 
They were, they were really chasing things they should have been chasing. They were ignoring each other. They weren't loving each other. But they were operating in the gifts, which is neat, but they weren't mature. They were ignoring each other. They weren't doing it correctly. And if you read, really read and understand 1 Corinthians 14, it's really a chapter about correction on how to do it right. So what Paul does is he squeezes 1 Corinthians 13 in between those two chapters to say, let this be your motivation as God uses us in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And let me read it to you because I love it. I love 1 Corinthians 13. Listen to what he says. He says, if I speak in the tongues of men or angels... If I can be used in an unknown language, if God gives me the gift of tongues in my own personal prayer life, if, 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 if I can speak in these tongues of men or angels, but, but do not have what? Love. I'm only a resounding gong and a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I'm nothing. And if I give all I possess to the poor, you know, if I say, listen, man, I, I'm great at serving and giving, and if I give all that I possess to the poor... And I give my body over to hardship that I might boast, but do not have love. I gain nothing. And then he says, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It's not proud. It does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrong. Ouch, ouch. Keeps no records of wrong. Keeps no records of wrong. Keeps no records of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, it always trusts, it always hopes, it always perseveres. So this is what I love about verse 8. It says, love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when the completeness comes... What is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put away the childhood behind me. For now we see only reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. And that can be a wonderful day when we see Jesus face to face. Now I know in part and I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. But now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is what? It's not gifts. It's not whether you can do great things. It's love. Are we loving? Here's the takeaway, church. Here's the takeaway, living word. I want you to pray and ask God how you can edify his church through the gifts that he has given you. I, I, want, you, I, want, I want you to be a person that desires to listen to the Lord and to listen to the Holy Spirit and allow him to use you in a way that you can edify the body. But let's make sure as we do these things and as we pursue these things as the body of Christ, an individual, may, may the basis of everything we do that we do in love. And, and I think what we need to keep doing is going back to 1 Corinthians 13 so that we know we're not getting off base. That we know that we're being patient with one another, that we're loving one another, that, that it's not about me, it's about the body of Christ. It's about Jesus and what he did for me. It's about being gospel-centered, that Jesus, you gave everything for me, that you forgave me. And listen, you can have all the gifts in the world, but if we haven't forgiven one another, what did Paul say? It's meaningless. It's meaningless. If our re- listen, we can have all the gifts in the world, but if our relationships are not cor- correct and if we're not offering forgiveness to one another, what is Paul saying? You don't have it right. You don't have it right. So I believe this. 
that a church that operates in the fullness of the Spirit is a church that's operating in the fullness of God's love. And allowing God to humble us so that we can serve each other. And I believe this is a great segue as we take communion together. Because what I want us to do here today, I want us to just take a sacred time today as we distribute the elements to you here today. I want you to take time at your seat today and just reflect on what God needs to do in your heart. Maybe it's like, God, I, I, I want to be using your gifts, so, so I want to be open to those things. But also let God reflect in your heart. Maybe the areas of your life that need correction. Because Paul says anytime we come to the table of God, we should examine our hearts and make sure that they're correct before God. So let's be good stewards with everything that God's given us. Let me just say this. God desires to give you gifts, to bless your life so that you can bless others so that the body of Christ is edified. And let me just tell you, how many of us know that the church of Jesus Christ can easily get beat up like that, that we can beat each other up pretty easily, can't we? How many know that we can find all the dust bunnies everywhere in our house, right? Someone walks in, there's a dust bunny there, there's dust, right? Listen, I get that. But I want us to be a church that is truly edifying to each other, that is causing us to be built up in Jesus Christ. Does that mean we have to correct each other at times? Sure it does, but are we doing it in love? Not just to correct for the sake of correcting, but to correct because we love each other and we care for each other and we want the best in each other for Jesus' name. Amen. I believe that when we operate that way in the gifts, we're going to be honoring to God. It won't be kooky. It won't be weird, but it will be honoring to God and we'll do it in love and Jesus Christ will be blessed by it. And that's my desire for you as you walk in this. So maybe this is a new area for you that you never heard about or maybe you're not sure about. I would tell you, start reading the book of Acts. Read through these scriptures again and allow your heart to be open to what Jesus wants to do in your heart and life. If you have any questions, uh, ask Pastor Brandon. Uh, No, I'm just teasing. (laughs) And uh, no, ask me and I would love to have a deeper conversation with you and and, uh, allow God to continue to minister your heart in this way. Amen. Let's pray as we go. Let's just pray as we go to community. I'm going to ask the ushers to come down at this time. Would you bow your hearts with me as we just pray and as we distribute community this morning? Lord, we just thank you for your word today. We thank you for the elements that are before us, God. We thank you, Jesus, for what you did for us on the cross. And Lord, as we participate in community today, we remember what you did for us. So Lord, as we just sing to you today and as we just... Uh, reflect on what Jesus did for us. Just touch our hearts and humble us today. Forgive us, God. Forgive us of our, our shortcomings and our sin, Lord, that we might glorify you. Thank you for everything you did for us in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Amen. Let me just say this. Communion is open to everyone. You have to be a member of our church. If you're a member of God's family, please feel free to, uh, to take communion. We'll take communion at the end, so the ushers will distribute it to you. Just hold on to the elements, and I will pray with you as the family of God, and we'll take them at the end. God bless you as the ushers distribute.